Welcome everyone to season two of the Across the Pond podcast, a podcast brought to you by three UK-based Nick fans. I apologise about the delay of season two. I promise we're back and this will be a weekly podcast moving forward. This week, we get into the start of the season, what's worked, what hasn't worked, and whether we think Tibbs needs to address the rotation. We hope you enjoy the pod. So welcome to season two of the Across the Pond podcast. As always, I'm joined by Cal and Scott. Cal, Scott, how have your summer been? Yeah, good, man. Glad to be back for season two and um, excited for the season ahead. Hey, I'm the same. Summer's been up, up and down a wee bit, but I'm looking forward to back into the NBA and back in with the Knicks. Well, I'm going to save us all the embarrassment of our opinions on the acquisitions over the summer. And we're going to get straight into what we've seen thus far yep. from the Knicks this year. Uh, they're 8-7 and seven at the time of recording. They've had some nice wins against the Celtics, 76ers, Bucks and Bulls. The Bulls one was particularly satisfying, Jimmy, if you're listening. There's a much, it's a much better start than it was last year, and yet the fan base is really ready to riot. So, thus far, what have we seen? What have we enjoyed this year from this team? What, what's been the positives? I mean, having a good point guard, for the most part, I think, starting, I, I think, Kemba's settled in okay. Obviously, he's a bit hit and miss, but that's to be expected when you've got a brand new backcourt for this team. Completely revamped it and going in a different direction, I think, with how we really want to approach games on offense. Um, it's nice having the option to shoot with a point guard rather than last season. Obviously, Alfred Payton, thankfully, he's gone. Um, we've had some fun wins against some good teams. Like you said, the Bulls beating the Sixers twice now. Um, it, it's been, like you said, it's been a bit of an up and down start. Um, but yeah, we've had some fun wins. The Bulls win especially was probably my favourite. That was a fun game. Yeah, I echo what Carl saying. The performances have been up and down. I have to say, the thing that's annoyed me is when they're playing the Bulls, Celtics, Sixers, they look up for it. But when I play our teams, it's like the only the only team, the only boys are up for it is the on the second unit. I don't really understand that. I I just feel we're lacking something sometimes in the first unit. We always can we always seem to come out really well. Don't mean the first period we always seem to get a lot of points quite quick off mark. And then we just suddenly seem to slow down come the end of the second and the third period or well, the third quarters have been a bugbear most of the season. And the fourth it's like the second unit pull it back to a close thing or get us in the lead and then the first unit come back in and either nick it or we lose it and it's something we're going to have to address and I think we're going to have to address it quickly Yeah I mean the big positive has been you know IQ and Obi Topping on that second unit who um, seem to have taken a leap there was there's been some games early in the year where strangely some Knicks fans were calling for uh, IQ to fall out of the rotation but he's proven he's proven everybody wrong and he's he's been that spark plug off the bench and Obi Topping looks a complete different player so that that's been a that's been a huge positive um nice to see Mitchell Robinson back on the floor um it's nice to see Kemba at the guard position. Nice to see that, as as you said, Carl, we've got a guard who can who can put up the three. It'd be nice to see him attack the paint more. Um, we were never going to get vintage Kemba from, from the Hornets. I think that was the consensus, but we've got a definite upgrade on point guard, on the point guard. And I know we're going to get into the 
you know, in inverted commas, defensive struggles and, and a lot points at Kemba. But I think we all probably agree that it, the defensive struggles aren't really down to Kemba. It's it's sort of, there's a number of issues that combine and, and Kemba being you know, not, not a plus defender, it seems to be taking the brunt, but it's not all his fault, is it? No, not at all. I think... Obviously, it's it's very easy for people on the outside looking in to say, oh, Kemba and Fournier, new backcourt, they've taken out Alfred, who was perceived as a good defender, although I disagree with that. And then we've replaced Reggie Bullock, who was, yeah, a, an elite defender, an elite wing defender who could, you know, he was a great team defender too, all round. He, he was great. We've obviously taken that out. I don't think it's down to Kemba, though, as you say. I think... It's just the all-round intensity on defense seems to have just dropped off massively from last season. I don't, I can't really pin why that is. It just seems that the the intensity on the whole just seems to have completely dropped until that second unit comes in and they pick it back up. Um, I mean, Scott, I think you mentioned before we came on that obviously that second unit's been playing together the whole of last season essentially. So I don't know whether it's just that we need to give it time for them to get the rotations right and maybe gel a bit more. But having said that, I, you know, it, it is a concern that some nights they do look to half-arse it a little bit. But, yeah, that's just my thought on it. Yeah, they do. I mean, some nights, you know, like, I mean, if they, if they get off rocking the first unit, hitting the shots and stuff, they look superb. And you get, you get really into the game because I think they look amazing but on the flip side they can look really bad in the same game so I think they have to try and find a happy medium where they can be good and bad but not be really bad they're awful and I think a lot of that to do with it Dean I don't know if it's just you say Cal did try to figure in Fournier and Kemba into the rotation in the first unit because we all know Kemba was never the best defender anyways the game was always offensively Fournier was the same, to be honest with you. I don't know. And Mitch, to myself, I know a lot of people like Mitch, and I do myself, but I think he's le- I think he's less mobile than he was before. I don't know if he's agree, but I don't feel as he's mobile as he, as he was. And I don't know. I don't think we'll make any trades at all. I don't think it'll become, but I don't know if we're missing no maybe in the first unit along with him because I feel we're missing just some mobility because we're letting teams take shots. We're letting teams get to the basket for a piece, in my opinion. Yeah, um, they don't seem to play with that, um, as you say, that intensity on defence, um, save for in, in certain games where they've really ramped it up. I'm thinking to that Pacers game where really Alec Burke set the tone, um, picking up Brogdon and uh, really doing a good job and getting the crowd into it. But yeah, this, this isn't the same defence as last year. It brings up the question, isn't it, of is a good defence scheme or is it, the, you know the personnel you've got in there, and I don't, I don't think you alluded to it before, Cal. I, I, I thought Peyton was an all right defender, but in no way was he locking anyone up. Apart from the one game where I think it was Wall what he took to heart, and he was really sort of, you know, sitting down and and really sort of trying to get into Wall's head. But apart from that, he, he was a big guard. He's certainly bigger than Kemba. There are benefits to that, but I, I would say Kemba gives certainly more effort on the defensive end. Yeah, he's got limitations, but he doesn't. He doesn't just give up on any plays. Fournier is 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 definitely a, a not as a stronger defender as as Bullock was, but you know you, you knew that when you signed him. Um, I think that the problem is that you've now given the duty to 
RJ to pick up the um, you know the biggest threat on the other team, and we're sort of going through that phase with a 21 year old kid who is is probably the future of the franchise, who's now not only having to develop an offensive game, which, which is still is is a work in progress, but now having to focus on picking up the you know the threat on the other team. So th- there's there's a lot of moving parts. I, I trust Tibbs to get the defense. Um, back where, where it should be. I think we're definitely going to be getting the top 15. I think it had jumped now from, it might be 19th, might be 17th, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we've definitely, it's definitely improved over the last week or so. Um, but there are, there, there are definitely some, some questions. Um, my personal issue with the team at the moment is that everybody in that first unit can't make a damn shot. Yeah, and I that, agree. that seems to be the big that. problem. Yeah, they just go through streaks, and that's you know that, that's the game plan this year. Like we said, like you you bringing in, you're getting rid of Peyton and, and Reggie, and you're bringing in Kemba and Evan Fournier, who are offensively, you know, you're trading off that top defense for a top ten offense essentially, and then hoping the defense will level out throughout the season. And obviously, we're reliant now on them making making shots consistently, which just hasn't really happened in the last couple of games, really, with that starting unit. I mean, the, the offensive plan right now just seems to be every single play or, you know, majority of the plays just we're looking for the three. And I just think we need to have a bit more variety in the attack we're using, especially when you've got someone like Kemba, who is crafty. You're right. He's not the same Kemba that he was, but he can still get to the hoop. We need to be utilising that. And, you know, if the shot's there, take it. It's not as though... We're taking awful looks all the time. I mean, some of the shot selection last night was was pretty bad. But on the whole, I don't think the shot, shot selection has been, you know, horrific. But they just haven't been falling. And when you're trading off the, the, the elite defence for a top 10 offence with, with the addition of Fournier and Kemba, you've got to make those shots. And you're, you're relying on, on those two and the others to up their game. I mean, hopefully it will level out. I mean... I saw a tweet earlier of our like expected like shots percentage or whatever, and we're underperforming it massively. So you hope that maybe it will level out as we go on and we'll get those games where we're on fire and it'll be a bit more consistent. But if they don't, I think, you know, it could be a long season ahead. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Last night, I only seen the game today because I was, I wasn't awake, but I thought at one point, the magic just stood off from hitting threes because you know they knew we were going to miss. Do you know that way? It was like take the three because you're going you're miss anyway. And we're not attacking the basket. Even Julius, which he's done quite a lot last season, is going and then stopping and taking a step back shot. Now that's a very difficult shot, and we all know how good a player he is. But he's not hitting the shots either. He's no Michael Jordan or even God forbid, he's no James Harden hitting the back step back. So. He's going to have to try and hit other shots because he can he can hit the basket. I don't know why he don't go in it more often because if he do some variety like you says, it's it makes teams think do we go, do we press someone, do we step back? So we're not doing that. We're always going for the layoff to the three and and if we don't hit it, we don't hit it. But it's like the only the team that's going, the only ones that are going to the basket are the second unit. Derek Rose is gone, uh, IQ is gone. I mean, even those in Taj, two oldest members of the team, they're still doing their pick and roll and it's working fine. But unfortunately, they're doing that, and I don't understand why. Yeah, I mean, to the point you made before, the uh, shot, is it shot quality on? on yeah, shot quality, yeah. 
he he posted a, a tweet um, this morning about the the game last night, and um, he said, "Yeah, so based on the shots both te- both teams, so the Knicks and Magic took seventy seven percent of the time, the Knicks would win the game. So it isn't there isn't an issue with the the shot quality, and the the expected points for the Knicks was one hundred and two point six seven, um, and the Magic was ninety three Point nine five. So there's a definite disc- discrepancy and an issue with the shooting. That every every person in that that the lineup is shooting under what the average field goal percentage usually is, and that that seems to be the bigger issue. Um, there is an emphasis on shooting threes. I know we've we've we spoke about that beforehand. And whilst it's nice to see a modern offense, uh, the team putting up threes and not relying solely on the mid range, there's got to be that balance and. You've got, you know, an all NBA player who can hit the mid range, but he's got the physical tools to get to the hoop. The last thing I want to see is him taking eleven shots and ten of them being behind the arc because that's not his game. And particularly when you are struggling to shoot, three point shooting isn't the way to, to to get off that. It's getting to the line, you know, getting to the hoop, easy finishes. Um and they've not been able to do that. So We've definitely got some work to do offensively. We've definitely got some work to do defensively. Do we think that any changes are afoot? I know we had some messages on Twitter about this. Do we think that, that Tibbs makes changes? And if you don't, do you think Tibbs should make any changes to the starting five or the rotation itself? I don't think he will make any changes because I think he's the type of coach that has 100% trust in who he starts. I mean, he's... He's always said it's not about who starts, it's about who finishes. But I, I, I've always slightly disagreed with that because we need to get off to better starts if we want to be able to be in a position to close these games. So I, I don't think he will make changes yet. If, if I was Tibbs, I would make changes. I would, I would probably bring Rose and IQ in to start and just see how we go and keep the rest the same. Uh, keep RJ, Julius and, and Mitch out there. And then maybe have Kemba and Fournier rock with the second unit, keep Burks on the second unit, keep Taj on the second unit, keep Obi on the second unit. Because I, I just, at the moment, it just something's not quite working. And, I, and I, I wonder whether the intensity that Rose and IQ have together and that spark on offense and the intensity on defense might just lift the other three around them and create that sort of harmony we had last year. On the uh, on the defense, and then with the second unit, Kemba's, you know, might might have more favorable looks against other teams' benches. Same for Fournier, and I'd be interested to see how he links up with someone like Obi as well, because we know how good Rose and Obi are. I think Kemba and Obi could have quite a nice connection if if we experimented. But having said all that, it, it's kind of irrelevant because I don't think Tibbs is the kind of coach that will make a change this early on, and we all know how stubborn he is. So. We'll wait and see. I would make some tweaks, but yeah, I don't think he will. Yeah, I'm kind of said what I was going to say. I think I think IQ needs more minutes. I think Derek Rose, I would put him into the starting lineup at the moment. He's just more consistent. Give Kemba on, like I say, against the benches. And, I mean, Kemba's not played for a long time either, so he needs to get adjusted to the game again. He needs to get his body right and his mind right as well. You just can't expect that maybe like he was five, ten years ago. We're never going to get that anyway, but look how Derek Rose turned himself about, so if Kemmer can do that, that's what we're all looking for. IQ needs minutes because he's enthusiastic, but he's 
you give everybody a laugh off and on the court because he's just everywhere, defensively, offensively, and he's the type of guy you need on the court. And I feel sorry for Robbie. I mean, he got his career high last night, didn't he? 14. And it's it's a shame because anywhere else you're probably playing more minutes. And you can see he has improved his overall game. And I don't think he'll get more minutes for us at this moment in time just because Julius is here. But I feel Obi does need more minutes because he, I feel he's ceiling's a bit higher than that just now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think IQ and Obi definitely need more minutes. I'm not, I'm not sure whether or not I would make the change and have either um, Fournier or um, Kemba drop to the second unit. The, the main reason is I, I just don't want to split up Rose, Obi, and IQ. I think that that tandem is is great. I mean, the one thing that I might experiment with is to maybe throw Alec Burks in the, the starting five um, and, and move Fournier out. Um, and see if see if that does anything. But I think I think Tibbs always says it. It's the way you finish games, and there has been games where he's let the second unit rock, and there's been games where he's deferred and gone back to his starting five. So he's definitely mixing and matching, seeing what what works best. But I, I think in the long run, the rotation is is fine as it is. Um, I think it's the closing lineup that he needs to perhaps work on, and I think IQ with his th- threat from deep. And when Obi's cooking, they've got to potentially finish these games. And uh, I'm not sure how you do it. I'm not sure if you sacrifice the centre and have Julius play the five, whether or not Julius sits. I don't think that will be the case. And then you've got IQ who comes out. Well, I think the easy answer is Fournier. But in some of these games, RJ hasn't had it. And I think you know, you're potentially looking at RJ coming out with that, that, that close in five and you know, Derek Rose has to be in there. Derek Rose is probably the most consistent offensive player the Knicks have had. He's been the most consistent since the, you know the prior season. He's been a revelation since signing. So I think that they've definitely got some work to do. There's definitely uh, chemistry building within that first, well, required chemistry building between that first group. But I think Tibbs, I think Tibbs is sort of seeing who he can trust down the stretch. I think we saw it yesterday. You've got Burks. Who, who sort of stepped up defensively. You've got IQ who's always been active and you've got Obi who's just taken those steps. And, and I think you've got you've got three guys there really off the play need to be considered to close these games because they've dragged them back into games. They've played well. They've given them that energy and given them that lift time and time again. So I definitely consider deferring to them, but it, it, it's who's got it going at night uh, at that particular night. You've also got to consider centres and mismatches and whatnot. I mean, the Knicks have looked probably the best when Noel's been out there defensively, would you say? Definitely in that Bucks game, he made a massive difference. Um, It's a shame we've barely seen him this year. Um, It'd be even bigger shame when Taj, no doubt, falls out of the rotation, Cal, when Noel comes back. Yeah, I mean, we've got to shout out Taj. I mean, the fact that he's... The fact he's... 36 and he's still playing at this level. I mean, he had, what, three blocks last night and I think it was um, Wally on MSG said that that's something, even at 36, he's managed to add to his game at the age of 36, despite not being a you know shot blocker for his entire career, essentially. And he he's someone, obviously, who everyone, you know, I love him a lot and I think he brings a lot to this team and 
I think we're very lucky that we have him with Noel being out for such a long time. Obviously, it is a shame that we've not got to see him because I think, again, we work best when we've got a defensive anchor in that centre position. Obviously, Taj can be that, but sometimes you've got the mismatches when you're playing the pace as Miles Turner is huge. You know, the, the mismatch, even with Taj at centre, you know, you're at a disadvantage sometimes. So we're lucky to have him and for him to be able to step in and have such a high high-end, you know, third-string centre is great. And I think that he will continue to play with the intensity he always does, and he will always give a lift with that second unit. I will be gutted when, you know, he falls out of the rotation. But knowing that it's Noel coming in, you know, it's it's not so bad. But I do think he gives us a lift. He, he's always been the embodiment of this Knicks team last season and this season, you know. He comes on the court and he's similar to IQ Obi, the lift he gives to the players around him. And he's someone you can trust. I mean, Tibbs, you know, Tibbs trusts him. And he knows he can trust him to be a leader out there. And I just think that we need to give it time. It's fifth, we're 15 games in. It's an 82-game season. You know, it's still so early. Uh, I know why people are upset, but we're eight and seven. Yeah, we've had some rocky patches, but I think I'd rather have this now than in the last 15 games of the season so let's let's hope that they can work it out and I trust Tibbs I mean they've earned our trust surely after last season they, they surely they've earned you know our trust to try and fix this first before people start you know trying to trade everyone I've got bad news for you Tal I don't think Taj will be out of the rotation at all because I think Tibbs trusts him and Taj can offer mm. things at centre that others can't he can shoot he can shoot and he can make baskets at times he can also pass and I think, I, I think when Mitch's ankle's been made a week a bit, so I think he's not going to be the main centre because um, I don't know if his boys are going to get fit. And I think that could be a long-term thing that the back office could think about with Mitch because if he's not going to be fully fit every season because of injury problems, you don't know if, a, if a trade comes. I mean, I think if they do trade at all this season, it'll be Mitch or not be anybody else because I think they've invested too much money in some of the players. I don't think that he's a finished team we've got here I do think they've got others in mind but I do think if it was any player getting traded it would be much just because they, I don't think they'll give them a point where they don't think they can rely on them just because of injury issues Yeah I mean you take a, a deep breath don't you every time he goes down or there's a, a hard foul he, he seems to pick up something every single game which is disappointing I think you mentioned it earlier Scott I think Whilst I understand the weight gain, because some of these big centres used to take advantage of him in the post, I think it it has impacted his mobility. He certainly isn't he certainly isn't up there as as he has been. Um, and, and just going back to Taj, I mean, I, I love Taj. I think what you get with Taj is the same type level of performance every single game. He actually sets good screens, which this Nick team doesn't seem to be able to do, but he. He fights every possession. There's no possessions off. He knows where to be. He knows what Tibbs wants from him and he delivers every game. So I think he's that guy who who will fall out of the rotation, unfortunately, but he's going to be that guy who does get minutes throughout the year because our centres seem to be made of glass and um, they seem to be picking up little nicks here and there. Uh, Pardon the pun. Um, (laughs) So we've got the Houston Rockets next. We've then got those damn Chicago Bulls. I think the game after that's the Lakers as well, back at MSG. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got we've got some 
some some games coming up. There's a winnable game next, and then we've we start playing some of the teams who 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 have uh, 500 or above records. I think the Knicks will play up to the opposition. I think we'll see be- a better Nick performance against teams who are who are better. And I think we've seen them play down on a number of occasions. So I think this little run will perhaps ignite them to sort of step up the game. I'm happy that we've got a couple of days off. Tibbs loves practice. Practice is where you improve. I think he'll, he'll drill that into them. And I think we'll see something a little bit different against Houston. I hope we see the old Julius, the Knicks go as Julius goes. Um, but those next three games, what are we thinking record-wise? Hmm. I'm going to be optimistic and go sports so over the next three games. So Houston, Chicago, LA. Yeah. I, I, two and one. Two and one for me. Yeah. What about you, Scott? I think we'll only, I think we'll only win one out of three. One out of three. Yeah. I, I presume that's a Houston game. Yeah, I think. Unless our shooting's up to top notch and our defence is better, I think all those against the Bills, the Bills look quite a good side. The Lakers, it depends who turns up the Lakers, doesn't it? They can be as bad yeah. as us in nights and they can be really good nights as well, so that can go either way, but I think the Bills look quite a good side at the moment. Houston, I think we should beat, but seeing that, the Magic, they beat us twice and they've only won four games, so that tells you everything. Yeah. And if I see another bing bong tweet from an opposing team, I think I'll lose my mind. I'm going to explode. <laughs> the first, I, one, the first you know, one came for Cal. <laughs> I mean, the first one was great, you know. The Knicks lost. You've got to eat it. You know, we've been giving it out after that um, video came out. But then it's just it's just repetitive now, isn't it? And uh, I love that video. I love the um, fuck Boston. Um I love it all. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to go with Carl. I think it's going to be two and one. I think the Knicks probably take the two home games, which you know seems a surprise given what's happened. But I, I think they'll take those those two games. Um, difficult one back to back on the road against the Bulls, but you know these Knicks teams, you, you never know what you're going to get, and they'll get beat off Houston and they'll go and beat the Bulls. <laughs> I would love to beat the Bulls. Um, yeah. Just a, just a quick touch on the Bulls. I thought their off-season was not particularly strong and they, they've started off like a house on fire, haven't they? They've yeah. been they've been really good, apart from against us, where they were really poor. And we, 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 we tried to give them the game, but just held on down the stretch. <laughs> yes. Good to see Lonzo doing well. I was sad we didn't go for him in the end, obviously, but it's nice to see him find a place where he's settled. Obviously, I wish it was with us, but yeah. I, I thought they had no, they had an okay off-season, but I think, yeah, they're, they're looking really, really good right now. So I think it's going to be a very tricky game Sunday because they'll be out for revenge too, won't they, after we, we beat yeah. them. So it'll be a good battle, I think. The Warriors, the team to beat so far? Yeah, Steph is the go. They look very good. Steph Curry's not missing a shot, is he? He's every game, every night, he's just getting up to the plate, taking his team... And the thing about Steph, he always just plays with a smile on his face. I mean, he's been there, seen it and done it, and he still just plays with a smile on his face. He's the only guy in order that could, at this time, he could probably do it. And everybody looks up to other players in the NBA, but you can't say it against Steph for what he's done. He could have probably left the Warriors and got people to sign the number on a cheque for him just to say, come here and he'll sign it. But he's happy where he is and 
the guys amazing. They look quite a threat. To be fair, I think get a squad back together. They look a threat this season. I didn't think so at the start, but they do look a threat. Yeah, and it was good to see him, the real MVP, getting chance in the Barclays over the other <laughs> fraud MVP. So, but yeah, no, great to be back, fellas. Um, this is going to become more regular. Weekly podcast is back. Um, for those who forgot, Scott, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter. I can't remember my Twitter ID. My Twitter because I keep I'm not don't give out for inches. NBA UK seven, I think it is. Uh, uh, on my own Twitter. And uh, give me a shout out if you want, or give me a follow. Cal, you can, what about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter if you fancy it at Cal Hutchings twenty six. Prior warning: there is a lot of Taj tweets, so just forewarning of that. Yeah, it's a bit of a Stan account still these days. <laughs> if you can tolerate some Spurs and Spider Man, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, free warning: Marvel, Spurs, Taj Gibson. It's quite the mix. <laughs> it's a diverse account yeah. yeah if you want to follow my account it's at nicks underscore uk um you'll only see nick's content on there aside from the occasional latics tweet who are currently top of the table up, up the ticks. Ticks. right good evening fellas glad to be back and uh, speak soon see you later